0: You're listening to The Gold Digger Podcast, episode 208. Simply put, Amy Purdy has defined the odds throughout her life to accomplish some extraordinary things. She grew up with a passion for snowboarding and travel, and despite fighting for her life and losing both of her legs below the knees to meningitis at the age of 19, her passion for life carried her not only to the upper levels of athletics, but on to the dance floor of Hollywood and well, well beyond. Amy is a professional snowboarder and a three-time Paralympic medalist, making her the most decorated Paralympic snowboarder in US history. She's a New York Times best-selling author and a highly requested international motivational speaker. And she's toured with none other than Oprah Winfrey herself. Not to mention, Amy was runner-up on the ABC hit show Dancing with the Stars, and she went on to dance in front of hundreds of millions of viewers during the opening ceremonies of the 2016 Rio Paralympic Games. She has inspired millions of people through her TED Talk, motivational speeches, and social media platforms with her Live Inspired message. Now, the reason I wanted to interview Amy was because I'm so inspired by not just how she turned her mess into her message, but how she lived beyond the story that got her the platform she has. When she went through one of the most traumatizing events I can imagine, she came out not just victorious, but ready to make a change and inspire others. And trust me, I know it wasn't easy which is exactly why I wanted to hang out with Amy so that we can all learn about how we can handle the hard things and how to find the positives in difficult situations and how to really cope when life hands us a piece of our story that we're not all that excited about. Also, it's just so interesting what Amy says about what she went through and why she wouldn't really change it for anything. This one's an incredible episode, and I am just so thankful for Amy for showing up today. Before we dive on into the show, I quickly want to read the review of the week, and this user's handle is quite a mouthful. H-A-D-J-D-C-V-B. Thank you. For this review, (laughs) I found the Gold Digger podcast a few months ago and am obsessed. This is literally the best podcast for anyone interested in business strategy, branding, social media marketing, and just anything else that can help you get your business to the next level. The added doses of inspiration are a plus. Congratulations, Jenna Kutcher, and thank you for producing a smart, informative, and motivational podcast for us business junkies. Thank you so much for your review. If you want to be the review of the week, all you have to do is simply leave a review. Now, I don't want to delay this show any longer. It's a special one. So without further ado, let me introduce you to my friend, Amy Purdy. If you're ready to dig in, do the work, and tackle your biggest goals, you're in the right place. Here's your host, educator, photographer, and mac and cheese lover, Jenna Kutcher. Major shout out to Skillshare, the platform where you can take a course in just about anything. Take this opportunity to get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com slash gold digger. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash gold digger to get two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. How sweet is that? Thank you to StoryWorth for supporting Gold Digger. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts. It also makes a great gift. Get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com slash Gold Digger. All right, we are diving on in. So first things first, Amy, I just shared with you, I'm so excited to hang out with you. So just thank you for giving us some of your time today. Jenna, thank you so much. I feel like I'm even more excited to be hanging out with you. (laughs) We are just like, I, I wish so badly that I didn't live in Minnesota so that I could do these things in person because it would be so much fun. But I, for one, have just fallen in love with your story in so many different ways. But for anyone unfamiliar, like who is Amy Purdy? Like, how has your path unfolded? And what has this journey looked like for you? Gosh, it has been quite a journey. So it, has.
1: <laughs> it I guess it started, I always go back to when I was 15 years old and I fell in love with snowboarding. I grew up in Las Vegas, which is not where you expect to see competitive snowboarder come from, but we actually have ski resorts outside of Vegas. And my family would take me up there and I learned to ski and I wasn't very good at it. And to be honest, when I went into high school, I really didn't know where I fit in the world because my sister was like this perfect, beautiful, like tan skin, long blonde hair, homecoming queen, student body president, let's see, like head of the cheer squad. And and everybody knew about Crystal Purdy. And so I went into high school and I wasn't Amy. I was Crystal Purdy's sister. And because of that, I wasn't sure where I fit. And I tried to do some of the same things that she did, which was cheerleading. And I totally failed at that. And I tried out for dance and I failed at that. And then tennis and I failed at that. And so I just started you know, doing the things that I love to do, which was art photography, I loved painting. And so in my art classes, I ended up meeting this group of skateboarders who took me snowboarding one day, and I absolutely fell in love with it. And I knew from that point forward that some way snowboarding would be a part of my life. Forever. And so that really kind of kicked off this, I guess, passionate journey to travel and live in the mountains and snowboard and challenge myself. And I ended up going to massage school. I graduated the day after high school. I was 19 years old, went to massage school. And the whole idea was that I could take this job. Anywhere, I could travel the world and I would actually not be a poor ski bum, but I could uh, have a job that would pay me. And so I fell in love with massage. I fell in love with helping other people and they walked out of the room feeling better than they walked in. And I thought that this was something that I was going to do for the rest of my life. And then suddenly, at the age of 19, everything changed forever. My life took a complete detour. And I ended up going back to Vegas. So I went to massage school in Salt Lake, but I went back to Vegas to work. And I actually got hired at a world-class spa. I was the youngest massage therapist to be hired there. And I felt I loved my job and I made great money. And I remember telling my mom that I just felt like I was on top of the world. Like I'm, I love what I do and nothing can stop me. And then suddenly one day... I started to feel a little bit sick. So I woke up feeling great that morning, just like any other 19-year-old, went to work. And as I was doing my massages, I just started to realize that my energy level was really low. And I I was kind of blaming it on the guy who I was massaging because, you know, I mean, sometimes people can give you energy. Sometimes people can kind of suck the life out of you. And I thought, geez, this guy's absolutely draining me. Like, what is going on here? But I decided over my lunch break to just relax. And over that lunch break, I started to feel like I was getting sick. So my back was a little bit achy and my neck was a little bit achy. So thinking I had the flu, I decided to go home from work early. And that night I had a temperature of 101. So that's typical flu-like symptoms. Nothing too bad there. Next morning, my temperature actually broke. So seeing that I felt better, my family went out of town and I just told them, don't worry about me. I probably have this 24 hour flu. I'll just meet up with you guys later. But that afternoon, instead of feeling better, I started to feel worse. And I remember actually at one point, my mom called me to see how I was doing. And I said, gosh, I feel like I'm dying. And she said, well, you're probably a little bit dehydrated. Get to the hospital if you need to. when I got off the phone, I shut my eyes and I fell asleep. And not long after closing my eyes, I had this strong urge to wake up. But when I tried to open my eyes, I couldn't. Over and over, I would force myself awake. And then finally, I remember I fell in the deepest sleep that I have ever felt. And then suddenly, I heard this voice say, Amy, get up and look in the mirror. This voice was so startling that I... Immediately opened my eyes and I looked around. I didn't see anything there But as I was sitting up I started to realize that something was really wrong My heart was beating out of my chest. I was so shaky. I was so weak It probably took a good like two to three minutes to get into a seated position I put my feet on the floor and I stood up and I realized I couldn't feel my feet And when I looked at the floor, I saw that my feet were purple when I looked at my hands I saw that my hands were purple And when I looked at my reflection in the mirror, I saw that my nose, my chin, and my cheeks were purple as well. And I I was dying. In that moment, I knew it. And my cousin walked in right then. My mom had called her to come check on me. Thank God. And so my cousin walked in and she cried, it looks like you're dead. And I said, I'm dying. I got to get to the hospital. So I was rushed to the hospital, immediately put on life support, put into an induced coma. I was given less than a 2% chance of living. And it ended up not being the flu. It was Something called meningococcal meningitis, which we have no idea how I got it. It's kind of spread like the flu or the cold. It's something that I guess anybody can get because it's a pretty common bacteria, but it's actually not common to get it into your bloodstream like what happened with me. And we really have no idea how I got it, but because of this bacteria, I ended up losing. So I lost my kidney function. I lost my spleen. My spleen burst right when I entered the hospital. And then I, went into septic shock i lost both of my legs below the knees and also lost the hearing in my left ear so you can imagine being 19 years old my life changed forever
0: how did you even like start moving forward after this because i can't even imagine having all of your visions for your future ripped away so quickly usually things like this i feel like are this slow progression where you have time to mentally kind of imagine and all of a sudden you wake up and you find out all of this like what was that like
1: yeah i mean you know you really you put things in perspective when you're dealing with such you know tragedy because yes i lost my legs But I was very close to losing my hands as well. And in fact, even parts of my face, because of the septic shock that I went into, my feet were purple, my hands were purple, and my nose and my chin were purple as well. And I remember when I woke up from this coma, I was very aware that my feet were in big trouble and my hands were in big trouble. Even had like a plastic surgeon come in and look at my face and just make sure that like they'd be able to reconstruct things. So I was faced with so much and losing so much of myself and my identity and who I thought I was that when I only lost my legs, I felt so grateful. I felt like, oh man, I got through that. Like it could have been so much worse. I could have lost my hands and my legs. So it's amazing how you put things in perspective in moments like that you know when i being faced with with it it potentially being so much worse
0: gosh it's just i just imagine amy like you this young dreamer like think of us at that age like it's so young but at the time you feel so grown up and so sure and so confident and one thing that i think is so beautiful about you as a human and just the story and the way that you share it is that so many people, I mean, everyone that I know is struggling with something. And I feel like a lot of times our struggles are the things that we want to hide the most or that we don't want the world to see. Like we want to show up and have it all together. And what I love is that you built a platform from this pain, but then you extended it so much more beyond that But how did you start sharing this and getting your story out there? Like, what did that look like as you're in the throes of almost grieving what's going on?
1: Well, I'll tell you. So I'll tell you a quick experience that I had, and I'm really big on goal setting. And, and I think that's what's helped me get through some of my darkest days. And I remember being wheeled into the operating room where they were going to amputate my legs. And I was so scared. I I had no idea what to expect. I had no idea what my life was going to be like. And this life I had envisioned was potentially not ever going to be reality. And, And where did I fit in the world? And would I snowboard again? And I had so many fears and all the different things that went through my mind and my heart. And so as I was being wheeled into the operating room, I gave myself three goals. And the first goal was that I wasn't going to feel sorry for myself. And I think so many other people had felt sorry for me. I, I saw it and I felt it and I didn't want that. And the second one was that when I figure this out, I will somehow help other people. And within that, I had this vision of just being able to tell people that everything's going to be okay, no matter what it is you're going through, no matter what your circumstances, everything is going to be okay. Somehow, I knew that and believed that in my heart, even though I hadn't yet even gone through my biggest challenges. I was about to face them. And then the third goal that I set myself was that I was going to snowboard again that season, because I hadn't missed a season of snowboarding ever. So I wasn't about ready to miss a season, even if I didn't have my legs. And so those were the thoughts that I kind of recited to myself as I was being wheeled into the operating room. And when I woke up from my surgery, those were the thoughts that were in my mind and my heart and what I wanted to do. And so I think I, I set myself up to to follow those goals and to have something to chase and to look forward to versus looking back and getting caught in the cycle of why me and my life used to be like this. And now what do I do? Instead, I was being pulled to my future in a way by setting these goals for myself. And I just knew that I wanted to, I wanted to connect with other people because I wanted to figure out how they were doing it as well. I would do research and look for anybody who had, especially a woman who had prosthetic legs and I'd call them and I mean, I'd call people out of the blue. I'd see someone on TV and like track their phone number down (laughs) and be like,
0: how are you doing this?
1: And so I think my desire to want to connect to help my own journey has helped me kind of, I guess, like you said, create this platform of where now I can connect to other people to help them through
0: their journey. I love that. And I think that it's a true showing of your character. You know, you're going through what could be conceived as like one of the most awful things any human has to go through. And yet you're thinking, this can help other people and other people can help me. And I think there's just so much power in community and feeling understood.
1: I agree. And I never even really spoke about that until now, as far as it goes back to, I mean, one of the first things that I felt was that I wanted to connect with other people, you know, and I wanted to be able to share. I wanted to be able to Say it's going to be okay, and I wanted to hear other people say that to me as well. And so, yeah, I think it's just so important, to, and that's what's amazing about social media these days. You, we can connect with so many people and uh, all across the world, and it's amazing the people who reach out to me. I mean, I've you know all people in Iran and Pakistan and all different types of countries who are reading my book and. Just saying how my journey has helped them through theirs. And
0: for me, that's just so fulfilling and and what it's all about. I love that. So let's take a turn because here's the deal, Amy. You are so much more than what has happened to you. And I kind of want to hear about, and we've never really touched on this on the show, but what it is like to be known for this one thing and then almost how to like prove like Amy Purdy is so much more than what has happened to her. Like, has that been a struggle? Like, do you feel like you're constantly getting pulled back into this story, which is a beautiful piece of your journey, but it's not the full thing. And like, what does that look like for you?
1: You know, I wouldn't say that it's constantly, which is good, but it is here and there. I, I did a podcast yesterday that wanted to just focus on, that I lost my legs. And what does that feel like? And just having this disability. And it's so crazy, because I really, I never looked at myself as disabled. I never looked at myself as anything different than who I was, which was a human who still had these dreams and these goals and all these things that I wanted to accomplish in my life. I just had to get more creative. I just had to figure out a way to do these things. And so, but you know, when I look back, I think, okay, if I'm walking down the street, and somebody sees me in two prosthetic legs and a dress, which I wear all the time these days, what are they thinking? And they may be thinking right off the bat, like, Oh, my gosh, like, what happened to her or how sad and of course, I've had people come up to me and say that and they mean, well, of course, they, you know, they're trying to wrap their head around what happened to this young girl. But I guess what I I wish they would know is that I wouldn't be where I'm at today if this had not happened to me. And where I'm at today is absolutely beautiful. I get to follow my dreams and travel the world and I'm living my dreams. I have the career of my dreams. I've worked my way up and accomplished so many different things in my life. And I think I want other people to feel like they can do that as well. Like I'd rather people walk away and go, man, she did this, then I can do this. So, Yeah, there's just so much more. There's so much more to us as humans and people, and and I think I don't know. I mean, I think I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. But well, I think (laughs) it's just so
0: easy to like people take a piece of your journey and kind of project that as the full story, which is why I love that you wrote a book, (laughs) like to kind of you know share more. But I think it's also so easy for us to. Have a platform be built on something and then almost have to like fight to show that there's so much more happening than just this one thing. I know Drew and I had a post that went viral that was all about body image. And when it went viral, it was like that was all people were talking about. But that was just this tiny little moment in time in our lives that are filled with so much more. And so I just can relate in the sense of feeling like you're telling the same story and the same questions over again when there's so much more to who you are.
1: Yeah. And we're always growing. We're always changing. And I'll tell you, just because you go through something huge in your life doesn't mean that that's your story. Like Your story is always changing and growing. And so that was my story when I was 19 years old. And it absolutely set me up for who I am today, without a doubt. I mean, I face it every day. I put my legs on every day. So it's not something I'm ever going to forget. But at the same time, I've been through so many other amazing accomplishments, but also amazing failures and challenges since then. And all of those little things are a part of my story
0: and a part of who I am. I love that. So speaking of challenges, let's talk about dancing with the stars. Drew and I are huge fans of the show. We love to watch it. Neither of us can dance at all. So we just feel (laughs) for every single person. But you were on the show. you were the runner up. What was that experience like? What did you learn? Like you had so much going on in your life at that time. Will you share a little bit about that?
1: Yes, yeah, so it was one of the most challenging things I've ever put myself through. And I I never really even watched the show before I was asked to be on it. I was just I was too busy. I was competing and at that time trying out for the Paralympic Games and that was my sole focus. And to be an Olympic or Paralympic athlete, you can't half ass anything. I mean, you are all in and so For me, my sole focus was to make it to the games and to bring home a medal. And so when I was asked to do Dancing with the Stars, I kind of put it on the back burner. I didn't believe it was really happening. And then all of a sudden, I was in Sochi, and and that's Sochi, Russia. And I would snowboard in the mornings for four hours. And then I would dance with my partner, Derek Hough, in the afternoons for four hours each day. And... Let me back up a little bit and just say that the other competitors on Dance with the Stars, they had about a month to prepare for their first dance. And, you know, they're in L.A., they're working every day on that first dance. I only had three half days to prepare for my first dance. (laughs) And it was... So I I, once again, I was so hyper focused on the games that luckily I can kind of compartmentalize a little bit, which I think I learned going through everything that I've gone through, like having a lot of different challenges going on at once. I've learned to just focus on one at a time. So I would snowboard in the morning and then I would take two gondolas down, jump in a taxi cab, head over to the next town and then meet Derek. And then we would dance for four hours each night and then I'd reset and I'd go back up on the snow the next morning. And I competed in the games. I ended up bringing home a bronze medal and I literally had to step off the podium and Fly immediately to LA where I traveled for 24 hours and the next day I was live oh in front of a studio audience and four judges dancing the cha cha, which <laughs> was so surreal and so challenging. A challenge unlike anything else I've ever done. I mean, Gosh, dancing, like you really need your feet (laughs) and just all the bones and muscles. You have 150 bones and muscles in your feet for balancing and jumping and being able to dance and do all that stuff. I have one piece of carbon fiber. So the balance was so challenging. And I mean, not feeling my feet on the floor and the dance floor was so slippery. And there was so many little things that Derek and I had to constantly work on to just try to make it through, you know, each week and I'll say even through week 4 the whole experience felt so surreal. I still felt like am I here? Am I really doing this? Is this really happening? But I think every single week we had a challenge that we had to face and You know, the other dancers were trying to figure out what kind of outfits and shoes to wear, and I was trying to figure out what kind of feet to wear. And every week we would have different feet that I would call prosthetic company and have them ship out different feet. And we'd spend half of the week just trying to figure out what type of feet to wear for the dance. And then we'd learn the dance, we'd kind of cram and learn the dance, and then all of a sudden perform it live. So I think in the end it's like each week we thought was at times we thought was impossible we definitely had weeks that we were like how are we going to do this there was one week where we did the quick step which was you have to be able to really travel across the floor and glide and just and and move really well and I kind of was staying in a very small area where I was dancing because my feet don't give me the energy return to be able to move across the floor like that. And we got halfway through the week just thinking, how are we going to do this? I mean, nothing was working and nothing was right. And then my husband, I think I called him and said, I think we're done. Like We're going to get eliminated this week. And said, well, what about these running blades that are in your closet? And so he overnighted them. ended up putting these running blades on and they were incredible. And so I feel like every single week we had a problem to solve, but by being determined to solve that problem, overall, we grew more creatively than we ever could have imagined. And we made it, we made it through every single challenge, every pressure. And the pressure was so real because you know millions of people are watching. You don't want to mess up. And I put so much pressure on myself because I was the first Paralympian to ever be on Dance with the Stars, the first person with two prosthetic legs to do something like that. And I knew that people were watching and I wanted to be able to say, if I can do this, you can do this. But I still was trying to figure it out myself. <laughs> so I put a lot of pressure on myself to kind of set a standard and be able to show that doesn't matter if you've got one leg or no legs or prosthetic legs or any other challenge that if you work hard enough and you're passionate enough that you can make, you can make these things happen. And so I, I really put a lot of pressure on myself, but we've, we figured it out every single week. And I couldn't have been more Honored to be on the show and also grateful that I made it to the end and got to experience the full show. What was
0: more nerve wracking, dancing or Sochi?
1: (laughs) So I get asked that question a lot. I really, I actually really like that question because I would say Dance with the Stars was like doing the Olympics every single week. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Because you got one shot, you can't mess it up. The world is watching and it's just you know, it's just put into a week of learning, training, memorizing, trying to, you know, be graceful at the same time as balancing for me, which was really challenging. And so when I competed in Sochi, standing in the star gates, I thought of, you know, my whole life that led up to that moment, it took losing my legs, it took every struggle along the way to get to that moment where I was standing in the star gates and can can compete for my country. And but at the same time, like the pressure is so real, you know, this is your one shot, you can't mess it up. This is everything you've been working for and the world is watching. And I want to be able to show what the possibilities are. And so the pressure that you put on yourself can be
0: so real and heavy. But dance with the stars, it was like that every single week. So I just I travel a lot and I can't even imagine being in the Olympics and on live national television in the same week, let alone like working through both of those things together. Like, do you often question like how you made it through that? You know, I made it through on yeah.
1: a lot of adrenaline. <laughs> it, it's what adrenaline and momentum does. I'm a big believer in momentum and When I look back at that time in my life, the amount of stuff that I did with no sleep, just running on like excitement, inspiration, and the challenge of figuring it out, it does blow my mind like what we can do. And I take that into my life now too. When I think of the times in my life that I was my most, I guess, well, I don't even want to say accomplished or successful, but momentum is definitely key. Like you definitely don't want to, Stop to the points of where your energy and isn't moving forward anymore, if that makes any sense.
0: Thanks to StoryWorth for supporting Gold Digger. StoryWorth makes it easy and fun for your loved ones to share their stories with weekly emailed story prompts. StoryWorth also makes an awesome gift. You basically purchase a subscription for someone that you love. I got one for my mom. And then every week, StoryWorth sends my mom an email with a question about her life. Then she replies to the email with her story, or she can even record it over the phone by calling the StoryWorth number. Now, all stories are kept private and only shared with a family that you choose. And after a year, the stories are bound into a beautiful hardcover book. This is going to make such a special keepsake for baby Kutcher and for my siblings and I. I can't wait to hear my mom's beautiful stories and learn more about my favorite role model. StoryWorth can ask questions like, what did you hide from your parents as a child? Or what was your dad like? And I can't wait to hear all about my mom in her StoryWorth book. Get $20 off when you subscribe at storyworth.com slash gold digger. That's storyworth.com slash gold digger. Gold diggers at some point in your entrepreneurial journey, you're going to need a little more knowledge in your field to tackle a roadblock and help your business reach a new level. That's why I love Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, and so much more. Out of the 20,000 courses, I have about 500 that I would love to take. I took one in typography for beginners, and I had so much fun tapping into my creative side while gaining new knowledge in fonts and type. I have about 15 other courses that I can't wait to dig into in the next month from classes in social media marketing all the way to analytics you name it, they've got it. Whatever I'm looking to learn, Skillshare ensures that I'm learning and growing. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right. Skillshare is offering Gold Digger listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, head to Skillshare.com golddigger Again, go to Skillshare.com slash gold digger to start your two months now. That's skillshare.com slash gold digger.
1: Yeah, because when I that year was unreal for me. So I did, I won a bronze medal in Sochi and then I, you know, came in second place in Dance with the Stars. And then I wrote my book with a six week deadline just after that. I was given six weeks to write my book and then I went on a speaking tour with Oprah. And all of these things overlapped. And then I got engaged and then I got married. I did all of that in one year. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Anything is possible, right? (laughs) Yes, anything is possible if you're excited and passionate, for sure. And you just have to take the opportunities when they come. And all of those things, all those things I was scared to death of, I think my biggest accomplishments have also been the scariest I didn't know what I was really doing in any of those things. Going into Sochi, I was as prepared as I could be, but I could always doubt that I wasn't prepared enough. Going into Dance with the Stars, I wasn't prepared at all. I was just thrown into the limelight. Writing my book, I had no idea what I was doing. Going on a speaking tour with Oprah, I I mean, that was huge. I felt nowhere worthy of doing that. I feel like all of the biggest accomplishments I've had have been the scariest. And I think those. Go hand in hand, you know, and and that's why it's so important to do the things that you're most. I love that. Of.
0: Speaking of that, this is a perfect segue. It's like you knew what we were going to talk about. Let's talk about your TEDx talk, "Living Beyond Limits." It's almost had two million, yes, million views. And I think a lot of people that listen to this show would be interested in public speaking or, you know, sharing their story with the world in a really meaningful way. And I've never done a TED Talk. So will you share a little bit about that experience and how it kind of, you know, started this snowball effect of you speaking and advocating and sharing in a new way? So I'm surprised you haven't done a TED Talk They kind of scare me, to be honest. (laughs)
1: They live on forever. That's the thing with everything these days. You know, it's once it's up on YouTube, it lives on forever. (laughs) Yeah. So I, I always so let's let me think. When I first lost my legs, I knew that I wanted to someday be able to share this story and share the things that I had learned. And so I first started by just going to my old high school and speaking. And I had no idea, really. I didn't have messages. I didn't really know what I was sharing. I just started. And I think that's the first step in anything is you just have to start and you figure it out along the way. And so I spoke at a high school. And I remember my husband introduced me to TED Talks. He was really into those. And I remember thinking, man, that would be amazing to do someday, like when I'm <laughs> 45. <laughs> and I, didn't live, I didn't know what I'm talking about, you know. And All of a sudden, I got invited to do this TED Talk. I mean, it really happened really quickly for me, and I was nowhere near prepared, or at least I didn't think I was prepared. I had spoke at a youth conference in Orange County, and one of the organizers for the very first TEDx was in the audience. And right after that, I got invited to speak at this TEDx conference. And because it was the first one, or it was one of the first ones, it was a big deal for TED. So all of the people were watching who would normally be watching TED. And and so when I got asked to do this, I I, I instantly knew my, I guess the message that I wanted to get across. But I had, 30 years of story to talk about. And I didn't even know how to round that down. (laughs) It was so challenging. If you think of what's, you know, if this is your only opportunity to share your message or share what you've learned on this earth while you're here, what is that message? And that's the question that I asked myself. And it was quite overwhelming trying to round 30 years of life down into an eight minute talk. And I actually drove myself crazy those couple months leading up to it. I didn't talk to him. So my husband and I were dating at the time. He wouldn't hear from me for days at a time because I would just be writing. I basically wrote my novel trying to prepare for that talk. And I hated everything I wrote. And I had no idea what I was doing. And I threw it in the garbage a million times. And I remember my mom, just she's like, why are you doing this to yourself? And I thought, because I'm committed. And this is an opportunity. And this is, this is like a calling to step up. You know, sometimes we are called upon to step up and it is way outside our comfort zone. And it's our choice if we're going to do it or not. But for me, that's how I looked at it. Like this is an opportunity to do something that I've been wanting to do for so long. And And I'm not, I refuse to give up. And anyways, because of all of this hard work, the video to this talk went viral and it changed the course of my life forever. It went viral (laughs) in those days. It's a whole new ballgame. But it was amazing. It got picked up by all these different Countries and and translated, and it still is being shared all over the place. I mean, I still get tagged in on Twitter, and it, it gets shared in high schools where they teach kids how to do speeches and kind of the proper way to put a speech together. When here, I didn't even know what I was doing, <laughs> but I think the reason this talk went so far was because it really it was one of the first times that I had shared my story. And I could barely even say that I lost my legs without my voice cracking and it feeling so raw still. And before I went out on stage, I remember I had a speaking coach who was given to me by Ted. She's amazing. Her name's Barbara. And I've continued to work with her since then. But I started working with her a few days before the conference. And right before I walked out on stage, I said to her, I said, Oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. What if I cry? And she said, well, if you cry and you feel something, then everybody in the audience is going to cry and they're going to feel something. So just be you. That's what's supposed to happen. Just be you. And I think because I was so vulnerable in this talk and I did my voice did crack and I did have so much emotion behind it, I learned how that connected with the audience and how important not standing in front of people acting like you know it all. That's not the important part or acting like you've you've accomplished so much. It's really, you know, we connect Mm -hmm.
0: through our vulnerabilities
1: and our struggles.
0: I know I feel the same way. Every time I speak on a stage, I cry, no matter what. It's like, what is happening with the hormones in my body? (laughs) But at this same point, too, I feel like whenever you take a stage, it's like people already perceive you on this pedestal. Like you're the one in the front. Have you felt the weight of responsibility to be an advocate be a voice be an inspiration like have you gone through seasons where it just feels like too much for you yeah i mean you know because
1: you can put pressure on yourself too I, at the beginning so after i did my ted talk i my talk was put on the homepage of ted.com for the month of november this was like 2010 i think and because of that, that's what kind of kicked it into high gear, I guess. And all of a sudden, I was watching the numbers go up. There was 5,000 viewers, and then 10,000, and then 40,000, and 100,000. It was just being shared everywhere. And then all of a sudden, I got invited to speak literally like the next day, I had like 10 invites in my email, get, like these fortune 500 companies. <laughs> and yeah, the huge, huge companies a- across the world. And I took them all because I thought, I never know if this is going to come around again. So I'm going to jump in and do it. But I also really, really stressed myself out because I thought what do I have to share? These guys are already successful, (laughs) like already successful. And they're having me come to try to share something amazing with their corporation. And all I know is just my story and my experience. And so for a while there, I felt like I had to be something other than myself. I felt like I had to say amazing things. Like I had to come up with kind of groundbreaking ideas that have never been spoke about before. And ultimately, I actually ended up taking a break. I I did a bunch of speeches that year. I took a break. I decided to just clear my head, clear my heart. That's when I decided to compete in the Paralympic games. And then I came back to it after the Paralympics and, and it was so much more, I guess my heart was just so much clearer of what I wanted to talk about. And also just, we don't have all the answers and that's okay. I mean, that's part of it. It's the journey of trying to figure something out and what works for somebody might not work for somebody else. And But yeah, there's definitely been moments where Mm -hmm. I have felt the pressure to be inspiring. Uh, I don't know if you feel this way. And I
0: feel like too, especially (laughs) when you're starting out or you have that like quote big break, you say yes to everything because you think, well, this is the next thing. Or like, if I say no, I'm never going to get asked again. And you become like this yes girl. And then all of a sudden you like look at the world you're in and you're like, this isn't what my vision was either. And I feel like. I mean, did you feel like you kind of hit this breaking point of like, something's got to give and I've got to figure out like, what are my best yeses and learn how to use the word no in a non-negative way? (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. And that's, I think that happened around that time as I thought I'm doing everything I set out to do and I'm making an incredible living being able to share. I get to live my story and share it. And that's incredible. What do I have to complain about? Yet, I was tired and I was sick and I wasn't snowboarding, which was a huge passion of mine. My husband and I, we started a nonprofit organization called Adaptive Action Sports, and I wasn't helping on that side of things either. So all of these things that I loved in my life and that I was very happy with before I had any of these platforms. I mean, I I felt like I was living my dreams when I had $800 in my bank account (laughs) because I was. I was snowboarding, I was with my husband, we were helping other people through our organization. Like I remember thinking, I'm living my dreams right now. And then I started dreaming bigger and chasing those dreams. But why wasn't I happy? And yeah, I, I think I had just I had overwhelmed myself and had lost I lost myself. I lost who what who I was and I was trying to I was trying to give the audience what I thought they wanted. And the problem was, it was what I thought they wanted. You know, it is all about the audience. And it is all about connecting with them. But it's about being yourself. And so it just has, it's been a journey for me. But it's been amazing, because I now have traveled all over the world. And I speak and speak to some of the biggest corporations in the world as a keynote speaker. And I have a very thriving career on that side of things. But I can't ever say that I have it figured out. I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly trying to figure it out. There's times I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. And then those times are what forced me to work that much harder. And work harder on myself, you know, open my heart even more. I love that. that. So
0: as we look at like the next year of life for Amy Purdy, like what excites you? What are you pulling back on? What are you pursuing? Like, what does it look like for you? Because I'm just so intrigued. We're going into a season of having our first baby and I'm in a big slowdown season, but what is coming up for you? So I, let's see, the last couple of years has been a little
1: crazy because I did the four years going into Sochi and then all the fun and crazy things coming out of Sochi. Then I competed actually in Korea just a few months ago for the Paralympic games again. So that was my second Paralympic games. And I, I ended up bringing home a silver medal and a bronze medal. So which makes me now the most decorated US Paralympic snowboarder date, which is great. But that was years of, you know, gosh, I think of seven years of just nonstop work. So I was looking forward to the games to be over so that I could just take a deep breath of fresh air. My husband and I, we just finished renovating a house up in the mountains, and it's so beautiful up here. And so I've been really excited to just be home. And also in the past, a lot of stuff was just on my plate. I was dealing with what was just right in front of me. It was hard to get inspired. I was inspired. I was passionate about what I was doing, but it was hard to visualize my future and get inspired about something new when I was just dealing with something that was right in front of me every day. I had to just get through that. I got to get through that. I got to get through that. And so now I'm in a bit of a different spot where I get to visualize my future and I get to visualize what I want to do. And it's very it's it's a transition for me and it's it's quite exciting because this day and age, with yeah, with social media and everything, it's like you can be anything you want to be at any time you want to be it. You don't have to sit back and wait for somebody to hire you. <laughs> you know, even with starting your podcast, it's like you don't have to be hired to do a talk show. You can you can start now and you can do whatever it is that fills your heart up. And so, for me, I'm I guess I'm kind of going through the journey of figuring out exactly what that is, but. What I know for sure is, so for one, I love snowboarding. I don't know if I'll continue to compete, but I know I'll still snowboard because it just fills me up. I also, it's really important with my organization, Adaptive Action Sports. We work with kids with disabilities. We work with wounded veterans. All types of different people who have physical challenges, and we get them involved in action sports like snowboarding and skateboarding and wakeboarding and outdoor adventure sports. And that is really fulfilling for me to continue to help to grow that that movement and that that mission and my husband runs the organization full time so i'm really excited to step back into that a little bit more but also i i still have a lot of speeches that i do i do a lot of corporate keynote speeches but what i want to start doing more of is connecting with the public more connecting with my audience more i've lived somewhat in a bubble the last 8 years because I was hyper-focused on the Paralympics and on my speaking. And when I do those things, I come home and I'm exhausted. And there's no way that I am going to then really even know what to share with other people or, or put on social media. Or So I've been craving this connecting to my audience more and, and just sharing more of my story and my journeys and learning more about other people. and. I want to write another book. I have another book that's in the very beginning stages. And yeah, so I, and I'd love to do, actually, I would love to do a, like a public speaking tour. I just, I love when I speak to kids. I love when I speak to colleges, but I also love when I'm able to just, you know, connect and and speak with any audience. And instead of keeping it in the bubble in this like corporate bubble that I've been in, I'm really craving just connecting more.
0: I feel like the same. I feel a similar pull. And I feel like too, when you're in that bubble, it can one, lead you to build up pretty big walls around yourself to protect your energy and to protect your privacy and all that. But also it can deter you from creating like relationships. You no, know? has that been a thing for you at all? Yeah, for sure. Because although I get to
1: travel all over and speak in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people, I'm still on my own traveling on my own (laughs) and then come home and have to recharge. And I shut down and kind of, like you said, put walls up because I don't really, all my energy is going in this one direction. And so I exactly the same thing. I, I find that right now, now that the games are over, I really want to reconnect with my friends and my family. And that's actually a huge part of what I'm focused on this year. I just started doing this Live Inspired chat series, which is just my Insta story live. And weekly, I go on live with somebody who inspires me and I have a handful of questions that I ask them about inspiration and what inspires them but the whole idea of it really is just to reconnect and connect with the people who inspire me and kind of fill you know fill that cup again because when you're giving all the time you can just be depleted and you don't have time for the most important things in your life so yeah i'm in this kind of transition of balancing what i have which has been amazing and everything i've worked towards but also trying to just make sure I'm being true to myself and I'm nurturing my relationships and I'm connecting with the people that, that I really should be connecting with. And yeah, so I'm I'm in that
0: space right now. Well, we're in it together, girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Amy, thank you so much. There is just so much that I could cover with you. And I just feel like I got to know you on such a different level And I'm just so thankful that you're willing to just show up and chat with me. Where can everybody connect with you and listen to your TED talk and read your book and get all of your inspiration? Well, thank you, Jenna. I am just so happy we got the opportunity to do that.
1: This is just awesome. So my Instagram, I would say I'm probably more, I'm more active on Instagram than anywhere. So my Instagram, my Facebook and my Twitter Are all at Amy Purdy Girl and it's G U R L. So it's just my name at Amy Purdy Girl. And also, I have a few different talks that are on YouTube. So, my TED Talk, that's one of them. I just did this Goalcast.
0: Yeah, I love those guys. They're awesome.
1: It's amazing. And it got 7.5 million views in a month. They're crazy. And so, but um, that's just a very short kind of clip of of my story, but really, I love connecting with my followers and anybody out there who can teach me something. So if you connect with me on social, I'm I'm right on the other side of that.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much for your time. We were so excited to hear from you and we're just giant fans of just the woman you are and the way that you show up in the world. So I just want you to know that we are so filled with gratitude. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have you in my world too, Jenna. I think we need to like connect in real life pretty soon. I think we have to hang out. I think so too. (laughs) Enough with that virtual stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, I knew Amy was amazing, but when we hung up our call, I kind of just had to sit in silence for a little bit. Like this woman is remarkable. And I think that's so often when we become known for this one thing, it can kind of back us into this corner. When I first would describe Amy, I would probably have spoken about what she's been through. But after having this conversation with her, I've realized like there is so much more to her and her story and this desire to change a world. And I'm just so thankful that we have guests like Amy that show up and they share the behind the scenes. I think so often it's easy to look at somebody who takes a so-called tragedy and turns it into a triumph, and we wonder, but what is my story? But that isn't the full story. It's only a piece of the story, and it's about how we move towards the future instead of looking into the past, like Amy said. I loved hearing her perspective on chasing more and more and more and what really happened after she grew this platform. I also loved that as she was wheeled into the operating room, she was thinking about how she could use her story to inspire others. If that's not a true leader, I don't know what is. I am just so grateful that Amy showed up today, that she shared some of the things she's never really talked about on a show before, and also just for the heart that she puts out into the world. I don't know about you, but I am so excited to see what is next for our purdy girl. Until next time, gold diggers, keep on digging your biggest goals. And hey, if you have a second, would you hop on over to gold digger podcast on Instagram and thank Amy for her time today. Thanks for listening to the gold digger podcast. Dive into the show notes for this episode and all past episodes at www.golddiggerpodcast.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. The more the merrier. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time, you gold digger you.